The right optics. All the color, trends and voices. From Silmo 2022. Presented by Nick Koffer. Welcome to the Right Optics podcast by Silmo. And over the next five episodes, I'll bring you the passion, expertise and stories from Silmo 2022 in Paris. Coming up in this episode, I meet Gay Garadi, legendary designer behind LAI Works. She tells us about where this all started over 40 years ago as she continues to influence brands across the eyewear industry. We'll meet Silmo door winners Odette Lunette from Belgium and Altor from Italy talking about their revolutionary liquid crystal sunglasses. I'll chat to Emily Morel, president of Silmo about the future of the event. Vinylize tell us how they make frames from unwanted vinyl records and we'll hear from visitors from as far afield as Wisconsin and Ibiza. First let's head out to Hall 5 and the LAI work stand where I met Gay Garadi who quite literally lit up my day when I got the chance to speak to her. I asked her about the origins of the brand and, and she took us back over 40 years to when her and her high school best friend Barbara were trying to work out what to do with their summer holidays. Well, I think, honestly, was let's get a summer job because we want to hitchhike to New York and we need to earn a few bucks to do that. We thought, well, we need jobs and we got a job in an optical store and we were mentored by this wonderful man who taught us everything, you know, taught us how to etch lenses, fit frames, and um, and we just, it became, on the, really within the first day, we thought, this is really interesting. And so we had our little summer job, we went away, we went to New York, we came back, and the, and the gentleman said, hey, you know, why don't you come back to work for me? And that's how it began. Where was the point where you went from curious, interested, excited in, in frames, to actually thinking, I can do this myself? Well, I think the very, I have to say, in designing frames, the very second that I took a pair of frames and put on someone to fit them before I even thought of designing something, I thought, these are a way of communicating. I'm looking at someone's eyes, I'm touching their head, which is always wonderful, and something just resonated. I just, the hair stood up on my, you know, on me, and I thought, Wow, this is something bigger. There's something more here. And that began that began for both my, my very best friend and I, and it was that way for both of us. And so it was just really within the first weeks we thought, well, you know, okay, there's this and this is fantastic, but when are we going to make it? When can we make it? And so it just became our goal to find out where the factories are to... Um, and. You know, we took our first drawing and knocked on a door and went to the factory with it, and you know, and that was how it began. There's two things you're describing here. One is the intimacy of fitting frames, and two is the difference that you can make. That moment when you think, "Wow, I've really changed you." Are, are, are they two of your driving forces? Absolutely, and that—that's what it began. I mean, like you know, it's such a pinnacle moment and a memory that I'll never forget. And it is when you, you know, you're. There's so many things involved because you're in a public space and you're, you're in public space with someone who's maybe shy about even looking in a mirror. Look, wearing glasses are still stigmatic for some people. They don't feel confident in them. And you just have, you, so you create this intimacy in this public space. So the communication, it's, there's the possibility for very, very special and real communication. And so, you know, that's kind of where it led us is that not only that communication that we have for humans, but in the design of eyewear, 
we're looking, we look at these as communicators. We, we look at them as, you know, yes, your glasses look wonderful on you. People tell you that. What do they really want to say? They really want to say, you're cool. You know, I want to know you. Who are you? And we feel that glasses are the amplifier of that. I wore my first pair of LAI works probably 25 or 26 years ago. Thank I, you for I, that. Can, I can recognize a pair of LAI works frames, and I'm not even from the optics industry. Aww. When you design, do you have that moment where you think, okay, that, that's it, that's going to be iconic, that shape, that frame, that color? Or is it a, a far more organic process where things you think might be perfect actually turn out to be duds, and others which you think are going to be quite quiet turn out to absolutely fly? Yeah, I don't. It's all. It's all, it works in all those ways. But do I ever know when something is like a hit record or whatever the words you're going to use? Not really. Yes, I have in time, but in other times I have to say it's very organic, and it's the organic way of the way that you know. How how would I say it? A lot of objects mm, are floating in the sea. The way to form to form a wave and the wave cr crashes. And when all those things come together and the wave just makes the perfect wave and it crashes down, that's sort of about the way it works with, with me and, and the process of designing a frame and whether or not it's gonna be something fantastic. I do try to, when I, know, when I have a feeling that something is just gonna become like, a, 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 have more of a life than something else, I try to give it a name um, I try to name it in another way. Because the names are really important to us. So maybe I'll name that in honor of something. An idea or a piece of music. You know, something. Something that means something. You mentioned music. I grew up in the music industry. I grew up around bands. One of the things I learned from a very young age is that those who take the most risks are those who are the most creatively successful. And where you had bands who would, you know, they, they, they'd have uh, direct uh, problems with their record label because they'd be saying, no, th this is the album, this is the single, and the record label going, no, no, no. And the band always stuck to their principles and the artist is always right. Is that also at the heart of your success because you've taken those risks and you trust your gut first and foremost? We had a mindset from the beginning that we weren't going to follow fashion we weren't going to follow, you know, the trends. We weren't going to talk, you know, m merchandising to, to, you know, to a lifestyle. But what we were going to do, that's not to say I'm not interested in those things. I'm very interested in fashion. I'm very interested in the, the zeitgeist. I'm very interested in all those things. But I'm not driven by them. And every single time that, I've, that we have swayed off of that and, 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 and gone up trying to sort of serve something, it has not worked. So I can't speak for everyone. I can only say that, you know, it is to really, you know, stick with the authentic you because that's that's the best one you got. And so it's the only one you've it's got. The only one you got. And so, you know, that that's how it's worked for us. There must have been a moment though where you realized that instead of following fashion, you were leading fashion and you were creating fashion. I wouldn't, I have no idea about that really, but I do feel I have seen things where, listen, I was married to yellow, you know, and nobody would look at yellow on your face. And I just had to, I, why? This is a ridiculous notion. So, uh, you know, yes, and then all of a sudden yellow becomes into eyewear like you can't believe. But there have been moments like that where we have truly led the way in, in that. But other times, you know, this is just, it's it's being, being who we are and being, lucky. <laughs> you won't say this yourself, so I'm going to say it for you. When you look around the Silmo trade fair, there are dozens and dozens of designers who've been inspired by you, who've been inspired by the risks you take, by, by, the, by, by the creations you make. 
does that resonate with you? Do you look around and think, do you know what? I, I have actually been a, a big part of this evolution over the last 10, 20, 30, indeed 40 years. I know we have, but I, I want to say, you know, that's so kind and really so generous of you and I feel humbled for you to say it. I, all I can really say is I've had the best gig in the world for me. I've loved it. We've had, you know, and yes, we've been the arc of our of our time here has, you know, we've we've been here a while, and so we're bound to hope, knowing and hearing that you think we've had been of influence. That's incredibly happy making. And if I sit down with you now and you put on a Baldwin or you put on a Curly or you put on a <laughs> a, a Viking Midge, are you going to get that same buzz doing that with me as you did 40 years ago in that oh, West Coast auditions? I do. I do. I do because it's it, it you know I'm hoping that I'm hoping that these frames vibrate with what we're doing and so I feel it and I'm hoping to pass that on and I'm hoping you feel it. Yeah, the answer is yes. Let's sit down. Silmo <laughs> d'Or winners. Silmo 2022. Hello, I'm Eline de Bunk, the founder and CEO of Odette Lunette, uh, which is a Belgian brand. We founded it seven years ago. So we're still a baby and we were uh, elected for the Silmodor and we won the Silmodor with our new children's collection, Odette Cadet. Now, when you won your Silmodor on a Saturday evening, the rumor is that you could be heard in south of Paris. I think you were the, I think you were the loudest winner. This meant a lot to you, didn't it? Absolutely. It's such a great honor to be elected by, from, from all these wonderful, amazing big brands and that, uh, that they chose us, a smaller, uh, a young, but very, very ambitious brand. And uh, for me, an award show is all about emotions. So it's about recognition. It's about respect. It's about honor. And we were so honored and blessed uh, by, the, by the wonderful uh, Academy of Silmodor to be, to be chosen. I have three children and I think they would rather be locked in a room with no food for a week and no television, no iPad, than have to wear glasses. <laughs> Your challenge is creating products that yeah. children like mine might say, okay, if I have to, I'll do that. Yeah, the thing is with children uh, and with glasses in, 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 in several ways, of course, it's, it's also a medical product. So you need it, it's prescription, but it has to be fashion too. So our challenge is to make it fun and to make them uh, enjoy wearing the glasses. That's actually what we're doing. Also for the adults, of course, it's very important. We are a fashion brand. We design frames, but we are very much busy with marketing and with designing and branding our community. So when you buy an Odette, you become an Odette Vedette. You become one uh, one of our family, and we have a lot of great ambassadors. Uh, Jamie Foxx is wearing our frames, Dua Lipa, Martin Solve. So actually, it's very important that we create an image and a DNA for the brand that people feel attracted to, that they want to be part of. Also, our, our booth, it's a party. Life should be a party. Uh, wearing eyewear, it's on your face. It's the first thing that people see from you. So you should be identifying yourself with that look, with that with that object on your nose. So how have you brought the elements of your fashion, of your adult range, into this frame for the children that won the award? Well, actually, it's also very important to look at the sustainability. So we print it in Belgium. It's 3D printed in Belgium. And all from our logo is at every temple tip, and it has a little opening on the end. So we can implement, like, little hearts or little stars in it so so they get, like, nice add-ons. And, and the personalization. And the personalization. They can choose the sizings. They can choose the colors. And we have nine different uh, frames in the whole uh, Odette Cadet collection so they they have like a, a whole collection to play with 
I just see what you did there, Odette Cadet. Now yes. it's all coming yes. to me. Yes, Odette Cadet. And uh, when you don't break the frame, you get an Odette Brevet. And uh, uh, Odette say Chouette. Uh, so there are a lot of words which rhyme with, uh, with uh, Odette. So lo- later on, we're going to launch Odette Croquette. You should, and you can eat your glasses. Uh, in terms of this frame, the fun part uh, lies in the fact that it is customizable. The front part can be removed yeah. and replaced with any color. Talk me yeah. through that. So you have like a, a different colors for the frame itself and different colors for the clip-on. So the children can like choose which color of frame they want and the sizing so it fits properly because sizing is super important for us. If you buy a frame from Odette, the sizing will be 100% perfect. It's something that we focus on very, very much. And then you can choose different colors of clip-on. So the children, when they're at the optician, they have something fun to look at. They don't only need to, need to try on the size of the frame and they can choose like, oh, I want it in that color. I want to have that add-on that clip on so uh, so it makes it a, a, a nice added value to their personality it's important to start also with with children that they that they like who they see in the mirror that they like their face in the mirror with the frame they're wearing it's not only a necessity it's a fashion object it's a fashion item and it makes you see the world better it gives you vision so uh, we hope to give uh, a customer's vision with Odette Lunette the adults but also the cadets and above all Having met you, having met your team today, thank you for the beer. Uh, it's all about the fun, isn't it? Well, it absolutely is. Uh, we have uh, Odette Vedette beer, it's Belgian beer. So uh, everybody should come to our booth uh, next year here at Silmo. We're welcome uh, to to, uh, to invite everybody to have a party with us because life should be a party and we want to make people look at it with a better vision. Silmo 2022. I'm Roberto. I'm Federico from Out of. And your brothers? Yes, we are. When did you create this company? We started about 10 years ago with snow goggles. We were very passionate about freestyle skiing, and so we started this stuff for passion. Then we worked about a special technology with a liquid crystal, and we've been able to take it on the market. And uh, here we are on sunglasses with this new technology, our technology patented and proprietary. When you started your business as, as two young brothers, I'm guessing that you didn't have a huge amount of funds behind you. No, no, at the beginning we were at uh, zero money. I had uh, 3,000 euro that I saved uh, making some uh, um, lessons uh, to, the, to the guys of mathematics and physics. So just that. But we have a very big passion for freestyle skiing. I was a physicist, I'm a physicist and he is a designer. And so we decided to make something more particular than a hoodie or than a t-shirt. Okay, and okay, we have the right instrument to make something good in the ski goggles. Let's go, let's make something new in the market. And from there we start. So it was your your passion, your expertise in freestyle skiing that led you to know where there was a gap in the market. What, What did you see? Yes, at the beginning actually the gap was the price at the very first beginning. I say all the cool goggles cost too much. We want a cool goggle that don't cost so much. And <laughs> so let's do it. So how did we develop from that point to these high technology goggles that you're doing now 10 years later? Uh, it was uh, gradual actually. We started from something small, for example, quick lens change system that w- we could do with the money we had. Then uh, we worked with an Italian company, expertised in the lens production, and together we developed a special photochromic and polarized lens that had very good success. And then we started to work on this new technology, and we took about four years to develop it. 
In English, we have a phrase where we talk about the penny drop moment, the moment the penny drops. What that means is the moment when you realize that you're onto something really good, something really interesting, something really different. Do you remember that moment when, when you two were saying, actually, do you know what? This is, this is big or it could be big. I remember just uh, quite at the beginning that when we presented the uh, ski goggles to the shops, they had a very wow effect and so they are we understand that uh, it will could be our work in the future but uh, at the beginning unfortunately because of really no money uh, it was very difficult to make uh, big technical or technological improvements so we had to wait some years to be able to push on uh, technical improvements and then in the last two years especially with uh, all the investors from outside uh, we were more more able to to improve a lot the technology respect the beginning now my knowledge of freestyle skiing is similar to my knowledge of astrophysics which is <laughs> zero okay so show me these uh, show me these goggles and explain to me why they really work for the sport that you're so passionate about and for any sport that, that needs goggles yeah, while uh, developing our goggles, we always take a lot, took a lot of attention on field of view. At that time, a lot of goggles have very narrow field of view, but when you are freestyle skiing, you really need to see around you, because, for example, are you doing a backflip, you need to look very on the top, and if you are rotating, you want to see the landing that probably is behind you. This is a backflip right in the middle of Silmo, by the way, perhaps not the best <laughs> place to do it. So, so you need to see, um, in effect, 180 degrees uh, yeah, either side. Yes, yes, so we took a lot, a lot of attention, and uh, many times I remade the 3D model from the beginning to increase the field of view of half a millimeter or something like that. And the other thing, just watching you demonstrate this on your stand, it, there is technology in the photochromatic side of the lenses, which is which is new. Do you want to explain that to me? Yeah, absolutely. We have a new technology that in photochromic, that it works uh, electronically and not chemically. And so it changes everything in the behavior of the lenses. The uh, very, very strong point uh, is the lens is super fast to become from clear to dark or from dark to clear at the same. So if I'm, for example, cycling through a tunnel, that, that will change? Exactly, exactly. Uh, for example, cycling into a tunnel or just uh, turning the, the road and to behind a, a big building, okay, where there is a, a shadow, okay, there uh, you can uh, see the lens that becoming clear in less than one second. It's almost immediately. It's a nice story. Two brothers ten years ago uh, deciding to, to pull together your, your talents as a physicist and, uh, and as a designer. And here you are today with your product. Uh, it looks like a beautiful product. Where can we find out more information about the product online? Where do we look? You can uh, find a lot of info on our website out-of.com So that's O-U-T-of-O-F.com Nice to meet you both. Yeah, nice to meet you too. Why I came to Silmo 2022. I'm Catherine Sanchez. And I'm JP Sanchez. And we're from Revolver in Ibiza. Bear with me on this. So that's clearly a London accent. <laughs> that's clearly an Australian accent. And you're from Ibiza. Who wants to tell me the story here? So, yeah, Jean-Paul Sanchez, but I'm from North London. <laughs> but I had enough of London. London, London I, I did what I needed to do in London, and then we decided to move our lives and change completely living in Ibiza. So what have you got in Ibiza? You mentioned Revolver. What is it? Revolver is a 
Rover is a fashion boutique. We have um, reasonably high-end clothing and very, very, very good accessories. Now I know your clientele, not personally, but I know of your clientele. Yeah. It is probably among the toughest in the world when you look at the people that are going to be coming to use your shops. You have to be really careful in what you choose and how you choose it, don't you? Most definitely, yeah. So every year we come to uh, Paris for clothing, for Fashion Week, and we also come to Silmo to look for sunglasses because Ibiza is one of the sunniest places in the world and for a number of other reasons people sometimes want to wear sunglasses and we need to have the best ones available for them. And actually I th think the rule that we apply more than anything else is that we love what we do, we're passionate about what we do, there's nothing in the store that, well apart from a few dresses maybe, that we wouldn't wear personally that I wouldn't wear. Um, so it's we, everything's through the lens of what do we really love. Obviously you're here for the sunglasses, what have you seen, what's inspired you? Oh we've seen some really really good stuff, we've seen a lot of um, some recycled acetate from Mikita which is obviously it's a hot topic at the moment and moving in the right direction it'll be good to see if the rest of the industry starts to follow. Two brands blow me away, Kubarom and Vava. I always say that you know you're working with a quite a fixed canvas when it comes to sunglasses or, or, or spectacles, two eyes, two ears. There's only so much you can do. And the, the guys at Kubarom and Vava, they really push the boundaries every year and I'm, they surprise me every year. Where do we find you? Uh, you can always check us out in Ibiza town. If, and uh, if you're not lucky enough to be on the island, you can check us out at revolverabitha.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Revolver Ibiza. Jenny, Rachel from Faces Eyewear. Where is Faces Eyewear based? Appleton, Wisconsin. You've come a long way. Yeah, definitely, but it's, it's worth it. So you have one store in the heart of America, an independent store, and you say it's worth it to come to Silmo. This is a big investment, a big commitment in time and money. Why is it worth it? So we can get first dibs and first sees on all the new collections that have come out and just see the new styles that are happening. You're both opticians. What came first for you? Was it the passion to help people's eyesight, or was it a passion for fashion? I would say first, passion for eyesight, but then once I actually got into faces eyewear, it definitely turned more into fashion because the glasses just got way more fun. One thing you've loved about Silmo so far? I love seeing everybody in all of their unique glasses. It is frames I have never seen before. It's a little bit overwhelming, but it is just absolutely fantastic seeing everybody wearing these glasses. And when I'm actually ordering frames from the appointments that we have, it's giving me a little bit more confidence to like choose more interesting styles. So I just, it's, it's an awesome place here. All the color, trends and voices. Silmo 2022. Well, I'm taking a breather in the uh, very plush Chesterfield sofas of a uh, vinylized brand. Uh, Zachary, this is your baby, isn't it? Yeah, it is, it is. I've been nursing it uh, since I was 20 years old. So founded in 1998 and I brought it to Europe and we built up our own factory. So yeah, it's my baby. You are half American, half Hungarian. Tell me your story. Uh, my mother was born in the States and she's of Hungarian descent. I learned Hungarian in America and I basically needed glasses, started making them uh, as a hobby and wanted to make plastics. And I found my dad's record collection. I was like, hey, I can make some glasses out of this. There's enough material. And I took those prototypes to Hungary in uh, 2001. And since then, Vinylize has been growing and we recycle about three tons of vinyl a year into eyewear, accessories and anything that has to do with glasses. Um, so that there you have it. 
Please tell me you remember exactly which was the first vinyl album you recycled. I do, I do, and it makes me feel bad to this very day. It was my dad's Credence Clearwater vinyl. This is the moment when I walk out of the interview, you know that. I've corrected my ways since then, and now we only recycle. Actually, most of it's coming out of London, and a lot of it is music, um, to which they have not yet invented the drugs to make it sound good. You know, in my, uh, in my spare time, I am a vinyl collector. I know my way around vinyl records, and I know the value of records as well. I know that you can, you can have a batch of records that could be yeah, a thousand, thousand records for a fiver, and there are certain records which are worth a lot of money. Do you distinguish between those? Uh, we do, we do. Um, I used to make them out of uh, vinyl that we bought from flea markets, but now what we do is we get them straight from the distributors. So usually it's vinyl that has not been able to sell. Um, it's all new pressings that unfortunately are not moving. So that's what we work with. And yeah, we can tell the difference. Do you actually know which records have gone into what? Are you able to sell me a frame and say, listen, Nick, the reason we love this is it's Springsteen born to run first pressing. Well, we, I would not destroy that. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. <laughs> but what we do is we have a deal with ACDC. Um, we've got a couple. We have a deal with Miles Davis. So both those are made out of uh, their records, and it's, uh, they're okay with it. So no problems there. Um, what we do and we're releasing now is it's going to be a compilation of all the music that we've recycled. So people can listen to what is on their frame or what's on their stand or what's on their case. And, of course, the serious point behind all of this is the recycling. Yeah, three tons a year or so. Since I started this, we've done about 40 tons of vinyl that's been recycled. And what's good about the material is that it's very durable, uh, has a lot of sentimental value, and it makes the whole thing a bit more sexier uh, and a bit more palatable. Can someone come to you with their collection? We've done that before. Um, we're doing a one-off right now for Alt-J. So uh, they're sending us some of their brand new pressings, which if I'm not mistaken is a very unusual purple color. So we're making one-offs for, uh, for them. We just did one for Tame Impala, which you can see out front. It's gonna be a difficult sell, white. Um, and we have unfortunately cut back on custom orders just simply because it's just so expensive to make. I have a 1967 Bang & Olufsen sideboard record player. Uh, it is gorgeous. Can I put your glasses on it? You most certainly can, and if you would uh, bring that to the next trade show, maybe I'll swap it out with my current sideboard. Do you know what? In all seriousness, it would look great next to these Chesterfields. Uh, where can we find this brand online? Uh, Vinylize.com. Silmo Voices. I'm just at the uh, Silmo Next uh, area, and I've bumped into Emily Moel, who is the president of Silmo. Emily, I would never have guessed that you were part of Silmo, whose colors are, of course, yellow. Please just describe for this podcast what you're wearing because it's magnificent. Uh, this is my nice uh, uh, yellow dress. It was for the ceremony and uh, it was for the opening. Now we're uh, talking at the end of day one today. Uh, it's been a very, very busy day. I have enjoyed meeting exhibitors and visitors and I've noticed a couple of themes. The first is everyone's happy and the second is there is this sense of people meeting again, the reopening, the community coming back together. Is this what you've sensed today as well? Yeah, it's great to be all together and uh, with no um, mask. No restrictions. No yeah. restrictions. So it's great to see the face, to see the smile, and people are happy to uh, meet each other and to discover some new uh, new, new frame, new, new company. And uh, oh, it's a I think it's the first day, it was a great day. Why for you is Silmo in particular and trade fairs in general still very important? We live in a world of internet, of virtual, of metaverse. Why is it really important to be here now around people? I think Silmo is unique and uh, it's, um, it's an atmosphere, conviviality 
and uh, Paris. Digital is one thing. I think we need to meet each other, to see each other, to see the product, to, uh, to share. And I think it's very important to be all together. In the first five episodes of, uh, of this series of podcasts, Jason Kirk often talked about community, the community uh, of opticians, of brands, of products. And I've really sensed that today, that optics is a community. This is something that's really important for you at Silmo and the role you play in that community, isn't it? I think it's not a community, it's a family. It's a big family and we're all together and from uh, the frame industry, the lens industry, the digital industry, and we're all together for the optician. We're at Silmo next, so what is next for Silmo? Where, where does this go next year? Next year we will travel. <laughs> we will go in um, Istanbul in November, we'll, in Singapore in April, in Porto in May, in Prague in uh, June, and also in Copenhagen and Barcelona. And why is it so important for you to expand into those cities, into those great countries? I think it's very important to be close to the market, close to the optician. It's lovely to see you resplendent in, uh, in your yellow, and I hope that the rest of Silmo is as much a success as this first day has been. Thank you so much, and we will do our best to uh, please all the visitors. That's Emily Morell, president of Silmo, wrapping up this episode of The Right Optics by Silmo. Coming up in the next episode, I'll meet Jenkis Saye. He's the general manager at Novacell, and he'll give us his take on the lenses market. We'll meet the winner of the Silmo Optical Design Contest. I'll get my hands on a Silmo door winning pair of sunglasses by Christian Lacroix and meet an Italian husband and wife team who are still pushing the boundaries of design three decades after they first started out. Don't forget to follow or subscribe to this series to be notified of all future episodes of The Right Optics. There are four more episodes still to come from Silmo Paris 2022.